Hello, I'm Lisa Murray, the City Historian at the City of Sydney Council, and you're listening to Letters of Complaint, a podcast based on our popular History Week event. Join me as we unearth the best, worst and most bizarre letters of complaint from the 19th century. Sourced from the City of Sydney archives, you'll hear neighbours complaining about all aspects of life. This is Episode 5, Urban Impediments. May 15th, 1895. Dear Sir... Permit us to draw your attention to what we not only consider a nuisance to the business people of this city, but a disgrace to the appearance of the city. We allude to the practice of drapers and others suspending calico signs from their verandas, almost low enough to take the hat off a medium-sized person passing underneath them, and a great obstruction to the general view. We should esteem it a favour if you would have the sign suspended to Messrs Waters & Co, our next-door neighbours, veranda removed, as we consider them detrimental to our interests. Yours truly, Nicholson & Co, Grand & Cottage Pianos. As a medium-sized person, I am in full agreement with this letter writer's concerns. Of what exact size is a medium-sized person? Let notices be served for the removal of these obstructions. The medium-sized shall inherit the earth! Light sanders and horn general carriers and proprietors of Sydney Express Parcels Delivery. Dear Sir, we respectfully desire to approach you on the subject of the obstruction of King Street opposite to our premises caused by the construction of the tramway. Do you mean George Street? No, it definitely says King, Inspector. I could have sworn people had been complaining about George Street Roadworks. You know, something about not being able to reach the Apple store, you know, sorry, the Apple cart, neither the orange cart and the pear shop. Anyway, as, as you were. We have now for several weeks past been deprived of the use of the road in front of our premises for the carrying on of our business, and it is to us a very serious loss. And from what we think, it seems likely to be so for some time longer... We are really tired of this deprivation of the road and now trust you will use your efforts to give us what we really think is time we had and that is the use of the street for carrying on our business so as to save us any further loss of trade which is a very serious matter to us. Trusting you will see into the matter. We remain yours respectfully, Sanders and Co. Oh, well, we just won't build the tramway then. Who needs public works anyway? Who would have thought that better public transport would actually have been a good thing for making parcel deliveries express? You know, get the people off the roads and onto a tram or two. Yeah, what this city really needs, though, is more roads. Nice big roads that connect east with west. Um, East-west connects, if you will. The public will love it. Sir... Uh, There is a matter concerning the credit of your council, which I wish to bring under your notice. I refer to the practice of not lighting the street lamps for a few nights each month at full of moon. I have remarked on several occasions lately that these nights are about our darkest, notably last Saturday night when you could scarcely see your hand in the neighbourhood of Hyde Park. I cannot imagine anything more likely to give a stranger a bad impression of our fair city and the only excuse that presence could be offered is the cost. As you are evidently a man of progress, I am sure that you will take steps to remove this disgrace and add another claim to our gratitude. Yours truly, 
Robert Sheridan. He does make an excellent point. I know. What city would turn off the lights? But what this city needs is a festival of lights, a grand event that draws its inhabitants together to admire the beauty of the city in all its well-lit glory. What a bright idea, George, and so vividly described. These three letters are just gold for the historian. Imagine a time when the streets were lit with gas lamps. Sydney got its first lamps in 1841, the year before the city council was even formed. Why would you waste your money on gas lights during a full moon? It makes perfect sense. The light of a full moon was much stronger than anything a spluttering gas lamp could throw out. Of course, the inner city back then was low-rise and it was a slower pace of life. Not quite as much traffic on the roads. But as Sydney grew and became a bustling metropolitan city, appropriate lighting became a safety issue. The City Council received regular requests for street lighting to be improved, particularly for extra lamps to be placed on street corners and so on. Life was getting busier, but the lamps were still not lit on nights around a full moon in the late 19th century, up to about 10 nights each month. Imagine what it would have been like when it was cloudy. You wouldn't have been able to see anything. It seems that the council stuck to this practice right up to the turn of the 20th century, which is pretty amazing when you come to think of it. It's these little details in the letters that continue to surprise and delight me. I love trawling through them in the city archives. One of the other ones talking about those calico signs is another great example. You know, we can get a really good picture of the types of commercial businesses that operated in the city streets from directories and maps, but actually how the retail businesses displayed their wares is often limited to photographs, which in many cases is really quite patchy. So I was delighted to find this letter of complaint about calico signs dangling from the verandas of the drapers in the city. It demonstrates that calico and the linen were placed on the street frontage and that signs were not only permanently fixed but were also made of material and temporarily hung outside. The detail of hats being knocked off. Such a lovely detail. Perfect for the aspiring novelist, hungry for that little bit to evoke a different time. And as for the roadworks and the tramworks, well, perhaps we can just say the more things change, the more they stay the same. Letters of Complaint was produced by Black Cat Productions, Maeve Marsden, Artistic Director, in collaboration with the City of Sydney. Performances by Anna Martin, George Kemp and Jennifer Wong. To read the original full-length letters from the archives, go to the National Library's Trove catalogue, trove.nla.gov.au and search for Letters of Complaint, City of Sydney Archives.